Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going into a part number four of the series entitled In Him. Today's subtitle is Divine Echoes. We're going to discover the power of God's Word in the mouth of the born-again believer. That's right. When you declare the Word of God, the situation will change. I cannot wait for you to hear this message. Now, don't forget to log on to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find this series entitled In Him. And today is part four, subtitled Divine Echoes. So you can hear this message again, as well as the entire series. And it's absolutely free right there at kingdomrock.org. I can't wait. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message. And it is subtitled Divine Echoes right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Well, please keep those announcements in mind. And uh, as we go ahead and go right into the word of God, are you guys ready? ready. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus mighty name for this day and for the awesome um, for the awesome words that you have prepared for us to glean on and to learn today. Lord, we pray for the anointing of your of your spirit, that your anointing would be just poured out upon us in great measure. Lord, that we would hear your word and not only just hear it, but also be a doer of your word. Lord, we pray that our hearts will be open and receptive to what you have to say today and that our lives will be changed. We give you praise today, Father, and we love you so very much. In Jesus' name, let everyone that agrees say amen. amen. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled In Him, In Him. And uh, last week, uh, that is In Christ. Last week, we spoke from the subject of speak up. It's time for you to speak up. And uh, we last week, I told you that there were about six scriptures that I wanted you to begin to know and to and um, to really learn them, really understand them and to learn them and keep them in you. And we're going to go over those scriptures today as we go on. But first, a little bit of uh, recapping. Remember that uh, there were two words that that uh, really we almost basing the entire series off of, and that is the word attitude and also perception. Thank you, Lord, for perception. So those two words we're basing the series off of. Remember, attitude is your settled way of thinking, your settled way of thinking. So we need a new attitude, a new way, a new settled way of thinking uh, about many things in life. And uh, also our perception, which is uh, the way we think about things. So your attitude is your settled way of thinking. Remember, we gave you the example when people said, you know, my mind is made up. My mind is made up. I don't hear about it anymore. Talk to the hand. I'm done. Maybe nobody has done you like that before. I hope they have not. But their mind is made up. That's their attitude. That's their subtle way of thinking, and they're not changing it. Remember, we need to have that sort of mindset or that sort of mindset, yes, as it relates to the Word of God in our lives. God said, I'm healed. That's it. That settles it. It's done. I'm believing in what he said, not the doctor's report, not whatever, not whoever. I'm believing what the Lord said, and that settles it. So, devil, talk to the hand because the ears ain't listening. 
You can tweet that if you want to. All right, so uh, our new attitude. We've got to have a new attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell them we, we have to have a new attitude. Praise the Lord. Have to have new attitude. And our perception has to do with the way we see things, the way we see things. Remember, this world is not our home. We're, we're trying desperately to make it our home, but this is not our home. We are citizens of another country. We're heavenly citizens. Remember, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen. We have a king and our king's name is Jesus, hallelujah. We live by a different set of rules and different set of standards altogether. The mistake is when many people that say they are of Jesus, they act just like the world. And it just throws everybody off because people know that that's not supposed to be. That's not supposed to be. That's like a a, a three-headed something. You know, no, it's not supposed to be that way. It looks odd. It looks off. Something's very, very wrong with that. Well, it's the same way it looks like when someone says, I'm a Christian, but acts just like the devil. Looks like a three-headed monster. And even the people in the world know that that's not supposed to be. They call it hypocrite. Right? Beware of the three-headed monster. All right, we gave you a few scriptures last week. Uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, the 15th chapter, verse 22. We started there, and we said, uh, for, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, say in Christ, uh, all shall be made what? Alive. All shall be made alive. Also in Romans, the 8th chapter, verses one And two, this is what it says. And I love this out of the King James Version once again. It says, there is therefore now what? No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Well, if you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. That means that there is no finger from heaven pointing at you. Saying bad things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember, condemnation talks about damnation, uh, meaning, you know, there's no return that talks about judgment. Hallelujah. But if you are in Christ, there is therefore what? No condemnation to them which are where? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh or or according to the dictates of their flesh, uh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made who free? Made who free? me free from what the law of sin and death again just to give you a recap again remember you are a supernatural person living in a natural world say that with me i'm a supernatural person living in a natural world all right that's a very big deal that's a very big deal you are a supernatural person living in a natural world. God Almighty is living on the inside of you. That's big. And he makes you supernatural. Hallelujah. All right. Now, because of this, we don't wage war uh, like the world system does. When they talk about us, we don't talk about them. When they curse us, we bless them. We forgive those that have uh, abused us and so forth and so on and persecuted us. We release blessings and forgiveness because that's exactly what our Heavenly Father does to us. Amen? 
All right. So we talked a little bit about that. Uh, so when we fight our battles and when we take new ground, it is with the spoken word of God. It is with the spoken word of God. And the only piece of warfare that the Father has given unto us to make war and to fight battles and to take new territory is the sword or sword, as some people say. Just like people, some people say orange instead of orange. Scrawl instead of straw. Potato instead of potato. But we'll live that. Leave that there. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the sword, God has given us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He has given you a sword. Isn't that wonderful? And that's in Ephesians, the second Ephesians six chapter, verse 17. God has given you a sword, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, even Jesus battled the devil with a sword, with the sword of the spirit. So let's look at that for a moment in Matthew Matthew, the fourth chapter, Matthew, fourth chapter, uh, verses three and four. I believe last time I may have told you it was in Mark, but it's actually there in Matthew. Mark usually has it everything right, but we're going to go to Matthew at this moment. Yes. 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 I'm kind of partial to the name Mark. Some of you will get to know what that means a little bit later, but don't worry about it. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses three and four. Here's the Lord Jesus here dealing with the enemy there in what we call the Mount of Temptation. You ready, Ray? Praise the Lord. On the Mount of Temptation. And this is what it says in verse three and four. And uh, when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these what? Stones be made bread. Yes, it goes a lot better this way. Anyway, uh, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is what? Say that with me. It is written. written. Say it again. Say it again. One more time. It is written. written. What does he say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is written. When you say that and declare what the word says, it's like you taking out that sword, shing, and you're about to go to town. In other words, you're about to open up a can on the enemy. What? It is written. Okay? You're about to defend. You're about to take new ground. Now, also, the Lord Jesus, the Bible also talks about a... A, um, a sword coming out of the Lord's mouth. In Revelation, the 19th um, chapter, verse 15, this is how the Lord overcomes the nations when he comes back. In Revelation 19, 15, it says, And out of his mouth goeth what? A sharp sword. Remember, the Lord gave you a weapon, the sword of the spirit. The Lord Jesus used it there in, in um, Matthew, the fourth chapter, as he fought the enemy, declaring it is written. And now as the Lord is coming back uh, to now take possession, hallelujah, of the earth, starting that millennial reign of Christ. How does he defeat the enemy? With a sharp sword that comes out of his mouth. Isn't that interesting? He says, so again, when you declare it is written, a sword comes out, sword comes out. All right, let's go ahead and finish reading. It says, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it uh, he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. 
And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now listen, as we said before, the more skillful you are in the word, the stronger you will be in battle. Now, when I use the word skillful, I'm talking about not only knowing the word of God, but also understanding it. You must know it and understand it. Please tell your neighbor, you must know it and understand it. Now, in, um, the Lord Jesus also said in Matthew 12, 37, he said, by your words, you are justified and by your words, you will also be condemned. And we talked last week as well about how the angels take that word and go forth and uh, they minister for you. Amen. For more, for more on that, I want you to go back and hear part number uh, three if you weren't able. And if you were able to hear it, you need to hear it again. Amen. If it's worth hearing once, hear it again. Amen. All right. So before we get into those uh, six verses that we talked about last week, I want to I need to ask some questions and I want to provoke a little bit of thought in you. So I pray you got your talent already. You know, some people, oh, you cause me to think, mm, oh, that hurts. Mm. Yes. Well, get it ready. We're going to have to do some thinking. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. All right. So I want to ask the question, how does speaking the word or our title this morning is echoing rather divine echoes, divine echoes. How does speaking the word or echoing the voice of God work? How does it work? Preacher, you telling me to speak God's word. Well, how do I know it work or, or how does it work? I want to know how it works. Anybody want to know how it works? Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you asked that. Before we can answer that question, we've got to um, understand what the word echo means first, because that has a lot to do with it. Echo. Now, the word echo means a sound or series of sounds caused by the reflection of sound waves from a surface back to the listener. Many, in many cases, the listener is also the one who has made the sound. Okay? When sound echoes back, when he hits a surface, hits a surface or hits the target, if, if you will, and then it bounces back. Let me show you a diagram that will help you to um, understand this. Here's a young man here who is saying something for some reason to a brick wall. He is yelling at a brick wall. And you see the sound waves coming uh, from his direction and it is striking the wall and those waves are headed right back to him. Has anyone ever been somewhere in an open country and you go, echo, 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 and you hear it, hear it coming back? Well, when you do that, it has struck some target. And now it's those waves, sound waves are reflective and they're reflecting right back to you. Okay, this is something that God has made. Uh, and uh, this is nature. Man did not make this up. God made this up. Okay, this is this is how his word works. All right. He sends it out. It hits the target and then it comes back to him. Now, let's look at Isaiah 55 verses uh, 10 through 11 out of the Amplified Bible, uh, the Amplified Bible. Y'all stay with me today. 
Now listen, this is uh, Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11 out of the Amplified Bible. This is how it reads. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven. We have a little, little bit of experience with that, don't we? It's raining. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, rather, and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout. And providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. This is how God's word be will be when it goes forth out of his mouth. It will not return to me void. Meaning useless. Without results. Uh, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. All right. So when God speaks a word, it's going to strike the target and it's going to also return to him. Did that sound familiar? Anybody remember that, that little diagram I showed you a minute ago? Remember that diagram? It's going to return to him. When he speaks it, it's going to go out and return to him. Let's look at another. Let's look at um, uh, Psalm 107, verses 19 through 20. Psalm 107, verses 19, 19 and 20. This is what it says. This is out of the King James Version. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. Awesome. Hallelujah. Now, the day he's talking about is us. Then they, then us, then we cry unto the Lord in our trouble, and he saves us, saves them, out of their distresses. How is God doing that? Let's look at, what, what does verse 20 say? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Isn't that wonderful? He sends it out. He sends it out. He sends his word. His word is so powerful. Now let's look at another one. Let's look at Jeremiah, the first chapter of Jeremiah 1, verse number 12. I'm painting, trying to paint, paint a good picture for you today. Are you with me? Can you understand this, Miss Marinelle? Praise the Lord. All right, good. Good, good. All right. Jeremiah, verses, chapter 1, verse 12, out of the voice translation says this. It says, that's right. The Lord asked Jeremiah a question here. He said, that's right. Uh, from this know that I am watching over my word until, say until, it is accomplished. When God says a thing, when he speaks it, when it goes forth out of his mouth, he watches over what he says until, oh, all right, it's done it. So he goes on. He always watches over every word that he has spoken. Say with me. God watches, God watches. Over, every over every word that he has spoken. spoken. Alright, let's make it personal. Our Father, Our Father watches over every word, word that, he has spoken. that he has spoken. Okay, now the next question is, we would say, is um, again... Uh, why is this possible or going back to the original question why does his word work why does God's word work well let me show you this as well God's word works uh, because of two basic reasons now I'm sure there are infinite reasons why God's word works but I can give you two I can give you two Gene I can give you two 
All right, Gene says it'll take him. I can give you two uh, of ways that, um, that I know it works. Two ways, praise the Lord. And I'm sure they'll get that up on your screen for you as soon as they can. All right, two ways, that, two reasons why God's word works. Number one, because his character is unwavering. His character is unwavering. Uh, we can look at James of James 117 for that. His character is unwavering. That's very important. Why does God's word works? Because his character is unwavering. And secondly, he has absolute authority. Absolute authority. In other words, he is faithful to his word and he has the power to back it up. Now, let me give you some practical examples about that and, and, and how this works. Now, um, there were six words when I was growing up that always struck fear in my heart uh, if I did something wrong. I know that you, I'm sure you, all of you are confused right now. Oh, what? You did something wrong? Yes, yes, even I was subject once to wrongness and disobedience to my parents. But my mother would say six words that would strike fear in my heart and immediately make me line up. She would say, wait till you're, no, no, what is, no. I think, wait till your father gets home. Okay, that may not be, maybe five. All right, there we go. Wait till he gets at six, praise the Lord. All right. Why'd she say that? Because uh, I knew my dad, number one, uh, had unwavering character. If he said he was going to do something. <laughs> Back in those days, we didn't have time out. <laughs> we had belt out. <laughs> whooping out <laughs> so I knew if he said it it was going to happen <laughs> secondly I knew he had the power to back it up <laughs> not advocating that sort of behavior but just telling you what was there now if someone had character that was wavering you know well they said it but you don't know what's going to happen or not so you, there's no point in worrying about it we know that you're not faithful to your word so whatever you can say it the threat it just falls to the ground no big deal or if they had the character uh, but they didn't have the power or the skill or the resources to bring it about still wouldn't do anything or if they had the resources to do it but the character again was stanking, still wouldn't do anything, right? So the word is really dangerous or it is effective when the person has unwavering character and when they have the power to back it up. You know, I'm going to tell the teacher on you. You know what she said. I'm going to tell this and that and the other. I'm going to tell the law on you. Now they're going to, you know, they're going to back it up with something, Right? So the word of God has power, once again, because the father's character is unwavering. He watches over what he has said. Not only just says it, but he watches over it to make sure that it is performed. He has unwavering character and he has absolute power to back up what he said. 
Those two things make the word of God very effective in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So we said last time as well that the power to speak life and death are in your tongue. And as you declare God's word over your life, here again, you are doing those divine echoes. You're not saying your word. You're speaking what he said. And as sons and daughters of God, the father gives you access to his word. We can stir that soup. We can stir that soup. That's exciting. The father gives you access to his word. He says, here's my word. Jesus said, I have given them thy word. Good God almighty. That'll make your popcorn pop. He said, I have given them your word. You have access to his word and you have access to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You have the word of God. Now, the father says when he says it, he watches over his word, makes sure it's performed. And when you as his sons and daughters, you as his children declare his word in faith, he also watches over it, makes sure that his word is performed. The angels begin to hearken to the voice of God's word to make sure that this word is performed. Hallelujah. So why will we fight with, with puny carnal weapons when we have the very word of God at our disposal? Isn't that something? So let's look now uh, in Revelation, the 12th chapter, Revelation 12, verse number 11. It talks about how we as the believers Overcame, it says, and they overcame him, talking about the devil, by the what? Blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And they loved not their lives unto death. Remember the love not their life to death part talks about our position, talks about our stance. In other words, we would rather uh, die than to um, not do what God has called us to do. That's our position, that's our stance. We would rather die than deny him. All right. Having that position or having that stance makes these words come out powerful. Now, it says we overcame him by the word of our testimony, rather by the blood of the lamb and word of our testimonies. More in particular, this testimony is talking about what the blood has done for you, how the blood has caused you to overcome. Now we're about to get into some scripture. Are you ready? Now, remember, in order for the word of God to be powerful to you, you must not only hear it or know it, but you must understand it. So we're going to endeavor at this time to get into the word so that you can hear it and understand it. Now, let's go to Ephesians, Ephesians 1, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, verse number 7. We stopped here in last time. It says, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now we said redemption means a re- redemption is a releasing affected by payment of ransom. If ransom, then who and then what? Remember, we stopped there on the last time. Now we said before some would say, oh, we were stuck in the devil's pawn shop and the devil had us captive in this and that and the other. No, that's not right. That's not that. No, no, no. Uh, Let's look at Romans, the sixth chapter, Romans six. It gives you a better understanding about what held us captive. All right. 
It says, now we've been redeemed through his blood. Say with me, I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me. And I have forgiveness of sins. See, you're going to be declaring these things to the enemy. Remember, one of the greatest tools and tactics of the enemy is to um, try to shoot you with darts of guilt. If he can make you feel guilty or make you feel uh, less than dirt or, you know, really make you feel bad because of things that you've done. If he can condemn you, yeah, make you feel condemnation. You know, you'll stop coming to church. You'll stop reading your Bible. You know, you'll stop talking to people. You think, oh, they may see the sin on me, this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. You know, you'll stop all of that. You'll begin to walk away from God. But when the enemy launches these arrows, you can begin to deflect them, to cut them down with the sword that comes out of your mouth. And here's one of those. Um, this says that you have been, that you have redemption through the blood of Jesus. You have the forgiveness of sins. Now, redemption talks about this in Romans 7, chapter, verse number 6. This is out of the New Living Translation. This is what it says here. It says, but now we have been released from the law. Remember? Redemption means um, a payment affected by, um, uh, rather, a releasing affected by payment of ransom. Something has held us captive. Well, in uh, Romans 7, 6, New Living Translation, it says this. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Amen. Amen. So you have been released from the law. You're no longer captive to the law, right? The blood paid your ransom. The blood redeemed you. Let's look at Galatians, Galatians, the third chapter, verse 23 through 25 of the New Living Translation. Again, it says here, uh, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Verse 25. And now that we and now the, the way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. Isn't that wonderful? Now, remember, the law is a list of rules, uh, a list of do's and don'ts. When the enemy comes to attack you, attack you, he's going to attack you with two things, what you have done and what you haven't done. That's law, trying to bring law back up to you. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. If they only knew what you did last night, if they only knew what you said, if this, that, and the other. You see, he's attacking you with do's and don'ts. But Jesus has redeemed you. Hallelujah. You have redemption through his blood. So that no longer has power over me and we have forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. So you can say your testimony is Jesus has delivered me or redeemed me or I have redemption through his blood. Are you hearing? So say with me, I have redemption 
through the blood of Christ. I am not guilty through the blood. Are you hearing me? Let's look at another one. Let's look at 1 John, the first chapter, verse number 7 as well. 1 John, the first chapter, and uh, verse number 7. And it says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And what? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does what? Cleanses us from what? All. Say all. All. Say all. all. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse, uh, verse uh, 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All. Say all. Say all. From all unrighteousness. Isn't that powerful? God is ready and willing to forgive you of all sin and all unrighteousness, no matter what the deed that was done. Now, notice it says here um, that he said the blood of Jesus Christ's son cleanses us from all sin. Now, the word cleanses uh, is a, it's a present tense word, which means right now, right now. It is also active, meaning that the subject, the blood, is doing the work. Are you hearing? Amen. The blood is doing the work. It is also uh, indicative, which means it's a simple statement of fact. This is happening at this moment. As you confess, it is happening. The blood is washing you and the blood is cleansing you. Now, the word cleanseth here uh, means uh, to free from defilement of sin or from faults. To purify from wickedness, to free from guilt of sin, to purify. So say with me, I am purified by the blood of the Lord, by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus. I am made clean from all sins because of the blood of Jesus. Isn't that something? Let's look at another one here. Let's look at another one. Let's go to... Um, Romans 5. Let's go to Romans 5. And I think we're beginning to close out here. Let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5, uh, verse number 9. Remember, all of these are talking about you. All these are talking about you. So right away, we already know that you have been redeemed or that you have redemption through his blood. Amen? You, that is, you've been rescued or, or no, longer, no longer held captive uh, by the law. We have redemption through his blood. And you also know that you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the, what um, this says, Romans 5 and 9. It says, much more than being now, say now. Yeah. Now is at this moment. And it will, now is a always present tense. It is always now. It is always now. It is now when I'm saying now. It is now, now, now. Even when I say now, now, it is still now. Okay? It's still now. So look at Romans 5, 9. As we read this now, it says much more, much more than being what? Now justified by his what? blood we shall be saved from wrath through him 
Justified means um, to declare, pronounce one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. Now, only God can do that. God Almighty, the chief judge, the high judge, the most holy judge, has declared you when? Now to be justified. Justified in his sight. How? By his blood. By the blood of Jesus, you are declared justified. We can also say the word justified uh, means just if I'd never done it. Just if I'd never done it. Just as you had never sinned in your entire life, God said justified. You are reckoned righteous in the sight of God because of what Jesus did for you with his blood. So the devil come with this talk, talk, talk. Oh, you all this and you all this and that and the other. You say, no, I am justified by the blood of Jesus. I am now justified by his blood. Hallelujah. Because the enemy can come on you and try to bring curses over your life about things that you've done in the past, uh, about things other people have done and all of that. No, no, no. I'm justified through the blood of Jesus. Remember, we overcame the devil by uh, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. Well, what is our testimony? I am justified by his blood. Hallelujah. I have redemption through his blood. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at another one. Let's look at number four. Uh, Hebrews, the uh, 13th chapter, verse number 12. Are y'all still with me today? Amen. I know it's time to close out, trying to time to land this plane. Are y'all still with me today? Amen. All right, all right. Hebrews 13, verse number 12. This is what it says. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might, what? Sanctify the people with, what? His own blood suffered without the gate. So this tells me as well that we have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Say with me, I've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Now the word sanctify means to render or acknowledge or to be venerable. In other words, it means venerable means accorded a great deal of respect or hallow honor as holy. Because of what Jesus did for you his, with his blood, you now have a great deal of respect in the presence of God. I don't know about your neighbor. I don't know about what man says. But I know that when you stand in the presence of the most holy God, you have some respect. We can dance again on that one. We can have a praise party on that one. We can have a praise party on that one. The word uh, sanctify also means to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. Say with me, I've been dedicated to God. I've been consecrated to God. That means you've been set aside for God's use. Hallelujah. So these things come from the world that tries to, to attach itself on you, tries to uh, draw you into its power or to its grip with seduction and all that stuff. You say, no, no, no. The blood of Jesus has sanctified me. The blood of Jesus, the, uh, the blood of Jesus has, uh, I, I'm consecrated by the blood of Jesus that no longer has a hold on me. There are some things in his life that would try to grip your soul. And try to drag you down with it. There are some conversations that can grip your soul and try to drag you down with it. But you declare, no, no, no. I have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. 
I've been set apart by his blood. This is a part of that new attitude. Let's look at another one. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Are y'all getting anything out of this today? It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by what? The blood of Jesus. Boldness means freedom in speaking. Free and fearless confidence. Cheerful courage. Boldness. Assurance. So through the blood of Jesus, I am bold. I have boldness enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I have confidence. I have freedom. I have freedom to speak. Hallelujah. I have fearless confidence through the blood of Jesus. So the devil tries to bring you some fear on and all this other stuff. Say, no, no, no. By the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the lamb, I have fearless confidence. Hallelujah. So devil, talk to the hand because the ears ain't listening. I know what I have. I know what my testimony is. That the blood, the blood gives me confidence. The blood makes me bold. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, let's look at the last one here. Let's go to Hebrews 12, verse 24. Hebrews 12, verse 24. So again, the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, we overcame him. Talking about the devil. We overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we love not our lives unto death. That was our posture. Well, what are we testifying about? What the blood has done for us. Let's look at this last one here. Hebrews 12, verse number 24. And it says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the what? Blood of sprinkling. That what? Speaketh better things than that of Abel. Turn your name to him. The blood is talking about you right now. Right now, the blood is testifying about you. What it said, the Bible says that it speaketh. That means, again, it's present and uh, it is active. And this is actually a, um, a uh, it means it's, it's, it says speaketh, which means that it is always saying, always saying. So again, the blood is saying right now. Speaketh means to, uh, to utter a voice or to admit, to uh, emit a, a sound to speak. Now, Abel's blood cries out for justice. Remember in the book of uh, Genesis, uh, uh, Cain rose up and slew his brother Abel and um, Abel's blood cried out for justice and cried out for vengeance, cried out to vengeance. Get him back. He killed me. God, he killed me. And so the blood of Abel cries out for vengeance. Get him back. It cries out for justice. But the blood of Jesus cries out for what? Mercy. Cries out for what? Grace. And cries out for what? Forgiveness. It's the blood that cries the same thing that Jesus cried on his on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The blood of Jesus is speaking about you right now. And his blood is crying out in front of the throne of God right there on the mercy seat of heaven. That's why when God when God looks at you, he's not seeing your sin. He's seeing the blood of Jesus. He's hearing the blood testifying on your behalf. And the, and the Lord's blood is crying out mercy. Have mercy mercy on them father forgive them father have grace on them father the blood of Jesus is crying out on your behalf right now 
Hallelujah. So the enemy comes with his things and and uh, he's trying to say things about you. No, you say, no, the blood is crying out for me right now. Amen. All right. So uh, last time we offered you also a challenge. The challenge was in the time of warfare, instead of worrying and being fearful and being frustrated, you should begin to declare what God has said. Instead of you cursing the situation, instead of you cursing what's going on, using the words of your mouth to destroy your own life, either knowingly or unknowingly, instead of doing that, that's an opportunity for you to speak the word of God and begin to worship him in the midst of it. Begin to worship him in the midst of it. That's your opportunity. That's the time for the sweetest praise and the sweetest worship. When you go back into warfare again and the enemy will come in at you in the same place, in the same way again. Now I tell you to arm yourself with what God said. Grab one of these promise books that we talked about and find out what God said about those different areas of your life where you're having that struggle. Hallelujah. Uh, declare these um, scriptures as it relates to the blood of Jesus, especially if you're dealing with condemnation. If you if you the enemy is constantly coming at you with you are not right, you are not holy, you are not saved. Constantly begin to begin to declare these words and you're going to see him back down and back away and you're going to have great, great victory. So I pray that you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus mighty name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I pray that you got that. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.